Hello again, this is Ryan Copeland talking, and welcome to another edition of Copeland's Corner. This is the part of the podcast we call Headliners on the Headlines. Uh, joining me on the panel this week, comedians Jesse Egan, Lauren Mayer, Justin Lockwood, and Chris Riggins. Everybody everybody from last week came back. You had so much fun. <laughs> Thanks for having us back. Oh, I'm glad you could do it. Let me let me check in, because we're all, we're all in different places. We're all under lockdown. So how, how goes it? How's the last week been, Jess? Doing okay. Uh, yeah, I'm in San Diego. It's uh, it's nice here. It's getting really hot. And uh, they seem to be opening everything rapidly. I don't know if that's uh, following any guidelines or just people are sick of being inside. But people are people are going out like crazy, it seems like. Have you, being in San Diego, have you, have you been watching the Betty Broderick story? Um, no, I haven't. Yeah, they, they, they redid it. If you don't remember who Betty Broderick was, she's the woman whose husband divorced her and remarried a younger woman. So she went in their house and shot them to death in their sleep. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. With the, the, with the, the moral of the story being don't dump your wife for a younger woman. <laughs> oh, wow. That's the moral of the story. Lauren, how are you doing? I'm hanging in there. I'm um, in San Mateo um, and just, you know, arguing with my computer, spending way too much time on it and got a new wrinkle. I'm starting to host some virtual birthday parties and I had a client I was setting one up for on Zoom and I said, do you want a password just you know, so you don't get bombed by people, you know, showing their junk? And she said that would be the highlight of her party if it happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think people are getting a little stir crazy, but other than that, we're, we're doing fine. Great. Justin, how are you doing? Is your son sick of you yet? Oh, he's been he's been sick of me for approximately eight years. But um, <laughs> uh, he's actually he he's doing great. You know, it was the last day of school last week, and we we had a little celebration for him just here at the the house. And um, I'm really proud of how he got through the the year. Um, I'm really thankful to his school and the school district out here in. Contra Costa, I, I think they did genuinely just about as good a job as you can do mm-hmm. um, really, really quickly. And um, and I, I'm really hoping he'll, he'll get back to, this, to school this coming year. Well, eventually, uh, the question is, how can they do it when where everybody's going to be safe? I, you yeah. know, eventually, he'll go back. I, I'd be surprised if they were open by September because there's so much stuff that's being done that's wrong. You know, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I really, I really, I really hope you're wrong, but I, I think you're right. I hope I'm wrong as well. Chris Riggins, how you doing? You still working out? Yeah, man, I'm doing good. Um, just had a little bit of bad news. My uh, favorite dispensary is just ran out of weed, so I don't know what I'm going to do for the next six hours. Until they bring me up. I'm like, well, fortunately, there are options. This is the pandemic I was worried about. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> and the shortages. Oh, my God. And uh, just for you people out there, for the teachers, I will be offering sexual favors to get these kids back in school. So just like that. Be out there. You need to tell the governor's office that. Oh, I'll hit Gavin. I'll, I'll definitely give Gavin something. Oh, man, if that's the case, sign me up, too. We can double team that. <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's, let's jump into it. Um, the most controversial thing that the, in conversation that's happened this week is the demand by protesters in various cities across the country to defund the police. 
In mm-hmm. fact, in Minneapolis, they're going to break up the police department and, and, and start from scratch is what it is they're going to do. And so I was part of a panel yesterday because I so you know, defund the police. I hear that. I think you're saying no, no police department. And what they're saying instead is no, take some of the funds that you give the police department, cut them and give them the other um, other first responders. In other words, like mental health issues, why are cops being called? There exactly. should be somebody who deals with mental health issues, mm-hmm. uh, domestic disputes, you know, those kind of, th- you know, save, save the police who are armed when there's a, when there's a home invasion, you know, yes. I, that's what it is. I, you know, so just your thoughts. Are, are you guys in favor of, of, of the defund the police movement or no? Completely I think, in favor. I, yeah, I, think, I, I think they need better marketing to convince people that don't want to read, you know, it's not a good. It's not a good slogan. Well, yeah. Well, you just had to explain it, right, to yeah. people that, and on the surface, that's what it sounds like. Is yeah, no more police. Yeah, and my initial reaction was was just that. That's insane. So you're going to get a lot of pushback with with a with a phrase like that. Whereas yeah. if you said, you know, I don't know, redistribute funds uh, or something. But defund defund doesn't say no police. <laughs> Doesn't it remind me of the whole thing where people were against Obamacare before the Affordable Care Act? <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. you had idiots saying that I don't need Obamacare; I have the Affordable Care Act. Exactly. Right. And we right. called it, you know, restructuring and prioritizing. My husband works in substance abuse with transitional youth in San Jose, and you know, he's the kind of person who should be dealing with somebody who's on drugs, not a cop. Exactly. That kind of thing, and they need more funding for the work he does. And that way that we get, like you said, save the police for the times where you need somebody who's trained to deal with this. The thing about it is people understand defund when they're taking money from education, when right. they defund healthcare, when they defund labor, when they defund agriculture, people seem to understand what defund means. It's very Parenthood. Yes. The word, Yeah, yeah. The word yes. D does not mean no. It just means take away and fund, of course, take away money from that. And it's just, <laughs> it's what it is, is, is the... Is the deflection. It's like, you know, Kaepernick's protesting the military. No, he's not. But we're going to keep saying that to deflect it. It's a mm-hmm. deflection. If you can't understand what defund means, mm-hmm. then you probably don't deserve to be in the discussion. You may not want to understand what it means. But True. but I do think that if you, if you want to get more people on board with something, uh, find the best way to communicate it, right? Like find the best marketing to convince people to to get on board with something so that they don't have that initial reaction is, right people people are going to be against it the people that are against it are going to be against whatever words we use we can literally break it down word by word and they're going to be like yeah but we need police you know what i mean it's it's a, that's it's my a, fear as well it's a cognitive distance is people people know what defund means we got to stop catering because that's why we're in the position we are because we're so busy worrying about what they think Forget what they think. Let's make the moves. It's like the people that were against the term Black Lives Matter but have no problem putting up something that says Blue Lives Matter. You right. know what it means. Right. And if you want to see just here in the Bay Area a really interesting example of police defunding, all you have to do is actually look at Sunnyvale. Mm-hmm. Sunnyvale doesn't have a police department. They have a community protection department. And people mm-hmm. that serve as cops – also serve as firefighters and also serve as public servants. And they literally will go from fighting a fire to going back onto patrol. And they have a mission 
of serving the community and protecting it, not policing it. So if you yeah. call 911 in Sunnyvale, who, who do they send you? You can get a police officer, but the point is that that police officer also serves as a firefighter and also serves as a community advocate. So they're part of the community. Their mission isn't simply to control and suppress. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's not patrolling mm-hmm. around looking for people to do stuff. Right. He's waiting to be called. It's about mission. Look, we as human beings have always been about mission. What do you want me to do? And I'll go do it. What mm-hmm. do you want me to do? And I'll go do it. Tell me how I succeed and I will want to go and fulfill that for you. So part of it is about part of defunding is about taking money away so that the police aren't there as a military force. So they aren't there to control and suppress. We have moved so far away from the idea of protecting and serving and moved to a place of suppression. The police are doing in part what we are telling them to do. They're, the, the message is part of the problem. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But I, I do... Back to the original question of the of, of defund. I mean, there is some confusion because of things like, you know, the Minneapolis City Council agreeing to dismantle their police department. So if you sort of have that in combination with the term defund, and then you have people that don't sort of want to understand it, and will pro- mm-hmm. you know promote propaganda or yeah. disinformation, yeah. I, no, I feel totally like it's agree. important to really you know be vocal in explaining what yeah. what the mission is and what you know so that people can't lie about it and and well we want to you know. give trump as little ammo as possible that that's what's going on yeah. you know you've got fox news and you've got the the conservative media who are basically saying that liberals don't want any police talking about defunding and getting rid of the police departments minneapolis is not gonna have a police department well they'll show risk they had one when they get robbed i mean that that's the way that they're spinning this Yes. It's all about race, Brian, because the bottom line is he just said Sunnyvale. I've been to Sunnyvale. I've been pulled over in Sunnyvale. I've been racially profiled in Sunnyvale. So I I know what kind of. We should tell people where Sunnyvale is in the Silicon Valley and it's a wealthy wealthy community in the Silicon Valley. I know why that works in Sunnyvale, why they decide, because Sunnyvale is not black and brown. So that's what it really based down. They're really just basing it. We feel we need to police black and brown people to keep them from going to Sunnyvale to harm us. That's what it basically boils down to. It has nothing to do with them not understanding. It has based everything to do with racism, everything to do with that. If you over police a people, of course, they're going to commit more crimes because the police are just snatching them off the street for the same thing that white kids in Sunnyvale are doing that are getting passes. So it works if you really put it to fruition. And the thing is, they won't, they don't want to put it to fruition because they think that they need to police black and brown bodies. Um, yeah, let me a perfectly ask you this. Reasonable uh, point. Over the course of the last couple of days, yeah. um, over, the, over the course of the past couple of days, um, it's, it's, it's almost feels like the Me Too movement, only, only in terms of race. They, mm. they canceled cops. They canceled mm. the show. After 33 years, they canceled the show Cops. You had HBO Max pull Gone with the Wind from their library. Fine. You know, because because it's, you know, glorifies the antebellum South. And, oh, the, the, the good old days. I've literally um, never seen that film before. You haven't? You know, no. it is. Once you get past, 
and it's hard to do, but once you get past the, the, the glorification of, again, the antebellum South, it is a very well-made film and, it, and there are great performances in it. It's the first movie I saw in a movie theater when I was a kid. Um, it was but not a- when it came out. No, no, I'm old. I'm not that old. And I, I was clueless as a kid. I didn't get it because I grew up in a very white suburban area. In I grew up in Irvine, and yeah, and but I remember it. But I was also the kind of kid who things bothered me, like you know, where do they go to the bathroom in that movie? It bothered me that you never saw that too. Like all, and it just felt like. Hmm, just because Mammy says she's happy, she, I don't know, that just doesn't, I mean, it just felt wrong to me even then. And yeah. it is touted as one of the great movies of 1939, but we've gotten rid of, all, you know, and it's not like the movie is going away. They haven't canceled. HBO just isn't putting it as part of their offering until they can put it in they, their, their statements that they were going to put it in context with the history of slavery so they're not throwing it out just like we're not, you know, throwing out the names of the Confederate generals. We're just taking their statues down from state houses. That too- where do you where do you think the the line lies between a depiction, something depicting racism and something being racist? Where where does one start in the other end or so the, to speak? The time frame the movie was made. The movie was made at a time where it was perfectly legal and OK for black people to be discriminated. The woman who played the maid in the movie, couldn't even sit at the table with her co-star. Yeah, Hattie, Hattie mm-hmm. McDaniel. You know what I mean? She, she, wow. she, was the first, she was the first African-American to win an Oscar. She won Best Supporting Actress. She was not allowed, really, it was a, it was a whites-only hotel, which is where the award ceremony was yeah. held. So she had to sit in the back, then she went up, got an Oscar, and had to go back to the back. I'll, I'll tell you something interesting that, that a lot of people don't know about that film that I recently found out, mm-hmm. and that is Hattie McDaniel, as I said, was the first African American to win an Academy Award and it's missing. She donated it to the, left it to the Tuskegee Institute in uh, uh, in her will and it's missing. To this day, nobody knows where Hattie McDaniel's Oscar mm-hmm. is. Now there wow. are stories, there are stories that during the 60s that, um, you know, we had a lot of black radicals who, who looked down on uh, the performance of that era for playing maids and butlers and right. subservience that may have tossed it in the, in the Tallahatchie River. That's one of huh. the one of the stories is going on, but nobody knows that Oscar's missing, and people wow. have actually gone in search of and don't know where it is. Uh, let me ask you this: I read this about an hour ago in the Washington Post, and that is that nationwide uh, police morale is now down. <laughs> police morale is down. I mean, that's and not they, it's like, and, and they they've seen animus, but they've never seen animus like this before. And the quote is: "They feel like Vietnam vets coming home from the war to a country that hates them." So wait, uh, we're, we're now we're we're in war. We're at war with them. Are they saying that? Because I've been waiting to go get a gun. If they're if we're at war, I mean that that if that's what they're thinking. Well, but that's that is that's how they feel. You have people throwing bricks and bottles and things at them. They they do feel like you know that that they are are are, are going through a war with some of these protests. Well, in the in the words <laughs> of the famous Leslie Chow, "Did you die? No, you're good." <laughs> So I'm assuming there. Uh, the the question I wanted to ask is whether or not you have any sympathy. I would yes. think the morale of people sort of being oppressed are is also low, and of the protesters who are getting things thrown at them when they don't do anything. I mean, everybody's morale is. That's because I think the country's morale is low. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Um, Trump is going to give a speech 
at some point on race relations. Oh, well, that'll God. fix it. Is there, is there, Stephen Miller is is writing. Stephen Miller is the one who's who's behind. He's writing the speech on race relations. He's writing the oh speech. Oh my God! Is it wrong that I'm excited? Can you <laughs> guys no, Twitter has gone crazy with this. It's saying, okay, and next Ivanka's going to write a speech on nepotism, and <laughs> and Bill Barr is going to write the speech on judicial restraint, and Rick Perry will write one on oops. I don't know. <laughs> Bill Cosby can write one on sexual assault. Yeah. Yeah. No, Kavanaugh will write that one. And Woody Allen will write one on pedophilia. All right. So let me ask you this. Is is there anything at all that that, that Trump can say on race that would be effective, that would be believed, or that that has any credibility behind it at all? I mean, I, I believe in looking at the body of work. I'm leaving office. Thank you all very much. I hear you, black people. I quit. How about I resign? That would that would yeah. <laughs> if he resigned. Yeah. What if he what if he apologized for his previous uh, statements? That would be insane because he's never apologized. Apparently, he doesn't. He doesn't apologize. If he apologized, I would leave the country. I would, I would be figure a, it's a setup. Yeah. He's about to gas everybody. Oh, well, he, man doesn't apologize. He won't apologize for anything. <laughs> Actually. Does do the speech. I would love to see what Sarah Cooper does with it. Have you guys been following her? She's my favorite. I do. I want to be her when I grow up. She's the best. She's amazing. But to see what she would do with his speech on race would be worth having him do it. Um, <laughs> I did a song about the Ivanka graduation speech, and to the research for it, I actually had to watch the damn thing, and I was sick to my stomach afterwards. But nothing like what it would be to watch Trump's speech. I, I think the only way to watch a Trump speech is through Sarah Cooper. Like that's the yeah. only way that it's that it's even watchable in, is to have that filter on it. You know, well, he's he's holding a rally, and again, you know, this this shows how tone deaf he is in terms in terms of race. He's holding his first rally in Tulsa on Juneteenth. Yeah, so you know, Juneteenth. Do you think that's on purpose, or do you think he's just obtuse? I think that's. I think it's. Yeah, a combination of both. You know, okay. Tulsa, where you had, tell Tulsa, where you had one of the worst race riots in American history. You know, it wasn't a race riot. It was a. It was a massacre. Right. You know, some some black kid gets in an elevator and steps on the foot of a white female elevator operator who screams, and so white woman screaming, black man there, we gotta lynch him. And they burned this part of Tulsa. It was the Black Wall Street. They burned it to the ground. They they killed as many as three hundred people. They burned homes. They, they decimated this place. So there was it. It did Green Greenwood is what I believe that section was called. It no longer existed. And so that's where he goes to give his first rally, have his first rally after True. everybody's been on he lockdown. Is, to me, it's a sign of how desperate he is because all he has left is the basest of his base. So I do think you're right. He's both mm. being stupid and provocative, but it's his way of saying, well, at least I got you guys left. So you know what it's like? It's like when, when Reagan announced he was running for president, he could have announced from anywhere in the country. And the right. place he chose was Philadelphia, Mississippi, which yeah. is where those three civil rights workers right. were, were murdered. And he, he announces in Philadelphia, Mississippi, and he uh, makes the speech about states' rights. Right. You know, which was a coded, well, remains to be coded. Yeah. The code is broken. (laughs) 
Uh, NASCAR has banned the Confederate flag. Yeah. Has yeah. It's frozen over if NASCAR bans the Confederate flag. When, uh, when, when here's a question. Over. When were they using the Confederate flag during NASCAR and why? Um, you know, people had uh, drivers had the Confederate flag on their cars. The, like the Dukes of Hazard car was, yeah, was racing exactly. around. Yeah. Well, let's look at the, the history of NASCAR. It started off from bootleggers running from cops. And really, is, yeah, mm-hmm. it started because they souped up their cars to get away from the the, the uh, what do they call them the taxers or whatever they called them back then. Hmm. And prohibition started, officers, revenue. Yeah, they revenue start. Yeah. yeah, the revenue officers they start racing each other. And NASCAR was born. So, of course, you know, their base was, you know, based in racism. You know, they didn't. That was the staple. That was the thing of the South back in the day. You know, that was their bravery. Like, yeah, we stood up to the U.S. government and we're proud of it, mm-hmm. you know. And so for them to I'm not I'm not really moved by it. I mean, I probably still won't watch NASCAR. It's boring. I mean, cars making lefts for hours. <laughs> we live in the Bay Area. We can see that all day long. <laughs> I go to East Oakland and get just as much excitement. <laughs> Did you see this this tweet that uh, it's trending that uh, that Trump set out set out talking about how the National Guard and the Secret Service did a great job. They've done a great job in terms of protecting him, basically, with all this is going on. And he referred to the Secret Service as he called them the SS. God. Oh, wow. The S- really? Yes. yes, he sure did. No the National Guard way. And the National Guard and the SS. Whoa, and, you're kidding me. Oh, no, no. There's so much that the there's wow. a great little dirt says that you can't make up. He calls them the SS. Wow. And, well, because there were some very fine people on the Nazi side, too, apparently. I mean, oh, my God. Wow. You can't. Yeah, that's not. I don't think that's obtuse. I, I don't think that move is is just being ignorant to to things because yeah, they've said okay. that he's read, you know, had kept mind comfort or, or Hitler books anyway by his bed. And then he d- says he denies ever reading them and all these things. There's no way he doesn't know SS. I, I just. That one is there's no way. That's incredible. For listeners who don't know what the SS was, it, it was a, a, a Nazi paramilitary organization that was complicit in the Holocaust. You know, and, and so to refer to the Secret Service who have been protecting him for three um three almost four years as the SS. Yeah, but to be fair, Brian, a lot of Trump's supporters don't believe the Holocaust happened. It was a big giant fake. So mm-hmm. maybe I I mean wow. Maybe it but, was code. Yeah. Wow. I mean, um, the Holocaust didn't happen, but 75 year olds are part of Antifa. So here's my my real question about this stuff is, is there no one editing it just for the sake of public perception to say, hey, it's called the USSS. That's no. how you that's how you abbreviate the Secret Service. No, not nobody the SS. Nobody is, no, is editing, editing or filtering this at all. He, he, he sits and watches Fox News, sees something that ticks him off, and then pulls out his phone and starts tweeting. But this you know, is nobody's the, going over this stuff. Nobody's going over this stuff. That's the one thing that reassures me in all of this. His, the people surrounding him are so stupid or have so little control over him. I mean, face it, if the man showed up and pretended to have a shred of compassion and actually did something about the coronavirus and made a calm statement about the protests – He'd probably get reelected between gerrymandering and everything else. Yeah. And he is completely destroying any shred of a chance 
and the people around you know he got rid of the Rex Tillersons and the other people yeah. who right. I didn't like Madison's and people knew they what they were doing spell, they could read they had some sense of history they're yeah. all gone you know you've got Jared Kushner running everything now and he's an idiot if you read interviews of the people who worked with him on that paper he owned in New York oh, yeah yeah You have to assume that Trump would surround himself with sort of, um, you know, not superior intellects because he he doesn't want to be made to look bad. And but then, you know, that backfires in in things like this where, my gosh, I can't. I mean, that's unbelievable that you would tweet that out. Did that get deleted or is that Um, still there? It it said uh, in the article that I read, it said as of this writing, it has not been deleted. That's un. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what else is. is I'll tell you what else is 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 trending this morning hmm. as we record this on Thursday morning, and that is you've got Mitch McConnell blocking a bill passed in the House that would outlaw chokeholds, and he's blocking it. And so what's what's trending is hashtag chokehold Mitch. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they're yeah. calling. That's better than Moscow Mitch. Chokehold Mitch. Yeah. Uh, we should talk about the pandemic a little bit that's uh, <laughs> continued to keep us locked up. Oh, see, that, see, okay. see, that distracted us. The, the, all, yeah, all pandemic the, to the next. <laughs> just comp- so, as the, so the numbers as of today in the U.S., there are 2,700,457 cases. We're up to 112,834 deaths. And there is a quote by somebody unnamed in the White House that Trump is, is past that. Yeah. He's passed. He's, he's he's passed the coronavirus, and he's on to other things. Yeah, he's over yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta admit, I'm like, I I I don't. I gotta admit, I'm just kind of. I admire the dude's just ability to be so vapid and so confident in it. <laughs> so it's evil. Like it's it's almost like if everybody in life had this kind of confidence in themselves. Depression would exist. Yeah, that's that's to me the sad part is that the people with the most confidence are usually, you know, the dumbest people. Uh, (laughs) Right. And then the people with no confidence are like artistic, sensitive types. And they're like, I I doubt myself. You know, and you're like, these leaders are just the dumbest, most confident people on the planet. All right, let me give you another example. The, the, I saw this in the paper this morning. In the paper, oh yeah, Washington Post is a paper. Um, the Ohio, Ohio Republican state senator by the name of Steve Huffman, who was an ER doctor be, uh, before he became a state senator, uh, it was part of a conversation on why is it that African Americans are getting COVID and dying of COVID at, at a oh, disproportionate rate to white. Yeah. And what he said was, and I quote, "Colored people." Don't wash their hands as well as other groups. <laughs> so awful. <laughs> color wow. is that's the reason. Awful. That's that's why black people are getting it more because color. Was people... that a line from uh, Gone with the Wind, or was that an actual? <laughs> I thought it was the line from Blazing Saddles. Mm. <laughs> color oh, people wow. don't wash their hands. And he said that uh, like on camera. Right, like to oh, yeah. in a congressional yeah. hearing or something, right? Like that was it, it, it was a state. Yeah, he's a state representative, so it was a state discussion oh on the on the. That's the an issue. elected official that said that. Yes, colored colored people. It's <laughs> right up there with you know consensual rape and things like like. Do these people listen to themselves at all? Oh my gosh. And I hear something that is not a surprise and shouldn't be a surprise, and that is that the states that either didn't close down or opened uh, reopened too soon, and if you've reopened now, as far as I'm concerned, it's too soon, they're seeing spikes in the number of cases. 
Arizona, right. Florida, Mississippi, Iowa, Texas, North Carolina, Utah. Um, they are seeing big spikes. Um, I'm, I'm concerned in California that we are going to, that, that we're moving too fast. We're talking about opening movie theaters in a couple of weeks. And I just, I, you know, I, I'm not ready. Beg pardon? I said movie theaters. There's a nice clean place to go. Yeah. Here's what we do. We put Gone with the Wind back in movie theaters. And everybody <laughs> that goes up to see it is exactly who we want to get sick. Just it's like not a nice plan, but it's an effective one. Just like letting him have his rallies and let them move the damn Republican convention to Florida. You know, I'm sorry. I know nice people live in Florida, but well, they you know. are. Yeah, so they're talking about is, is 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 moving into Jacksonville because Trump wants a convention where there's will be no social distancing and no masks. And you know where, they're having trouble even among Republicans. The Republican delegates are tend to be older, and a lot of them don't want to go. Yeah, like well, Jackson. He's going to Jacksonville next. Is that was that the site of another race massacre? Is that why he's going there? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure there were. I'm sure there were lynchings in Florida. Yeah, I'm sure when you look up lynching, and I can't. And the fact that in 2020 that they're they're actually you know debating an anti-lynching bill. I mean, this is 2020. It's crazy. And there's an an anti-lynching bill. It's like you know, two steps forward, five steps back. But to me, that's it's, the same thing as getting the news that they're not going to have the Confederate flag. At, at a NASCAR, I'm like, w- wasn't that already the case? How is that new? Like when you find out the anti-sodomy laws were finally taken off the books in 2010 in some states. Oh, like, that's true. That's true. Oh, man. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, I don't like this episode of Black Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good way to end the, the program. Justin Egan, Lauren Mayer, Justin Lockwood, Chris Riggins. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Brian. All right, we'll talk to you all soon. Take it easy, everybody. Copeland's Corner drops every Thursday. It's engineered by Charlene Goto and Casey Copeland. Original music by The Tearaways. Till next time, be kind to your neighbor. He knows where you live.